Hey Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillo and this podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional and social transformation. So come with us as we go on a journey and we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we're going to be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, And sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now, I do want to ask a favor. It won't take a minute and it would make a huge difference to us. Would you please go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to, subscribe and leave a rating and review. It helps us to share our message of inspirational change with as many people as we can. And it also helps our guests get their messages out to more people too. So thank you. Now, today on the podcast, we're doing things a little bit differently because this is our 52nd episode, which means we are at our one year anniversary. And I can't tell you how excited I am to share with you something of our journey, you know, where we've been when we first started out, really get a sense of where we are today and kind of everything that's happened in between. And I have got a very special guest lined up to to talk to us about that. And it's someone who's been on the inside of the podcast from me right from day one. That is Nick Warrilo. So Nick, welcome. (laughs) You know what? It's great to be here. And you know you've just talked about the year that we've had and in some ways it has flown by and then in other ways it's been a a trial hasn't it it's uh it's (laughs) it's been a long year and so much has happened so uh i'm really excited about this conversation you know me too and and you know when you talk about the year like that straight in my head straight away the first thing i thought of was what an extraordinary year it's been not just for us at Sacred Changemakers, but I think it's safe to say for the entire world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I read a meme and um, it turned around and said, you know, for all those people five years ago, they did a five-year uh, life plan. Uh, we can honestly say that that uh, no one predicted 2020. Yeah, absolutely. No you know, I don't think any of us saw it coming in, in, in the way that it did. And, and it's really interesting because, you know, as I, as I think about the year, you know, and, and we're obviously, this is, you know, the pandemic has turned out to be, you know, not a sprint like some of us thought it might be. It might be something just to kind of get through and come out the other side. But it's clear that this is something that's kind of sticking around for longer than we may have anticipated. And it's something that we're all now, you know, it's more like a marathon than a sprint. It's something that we're all learning to live with. And, you know, that brings its challenges. But in reflection, I think there's also some opportunities that are there. So I do want to talk about this. But before we do, I want to take us right back to the beginning in a way and you know the 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 origins of of sacred change makers because you were right there with me right at the very beginning and I'd love to give you the opportunity to just speak to you know 
that that beginning phase where you and I were in discussions and you know shall we start a podcast around this and get some conversations out into the world and I just love for our listeners to really hear you know the inside perspective from from kind of what you remember about that time. One of the things that that kind of shocked me when we first started was how relatively easy it was to start a podcast um <clears throat> I know we we talked about starting one two or three years earlier and it just it was hard uh, the, the whole technology piece was hard so uh, one of the the kind of stumbling blocks for most people is the technology and, and that's just not a barrier anymore so when we first started it was really exciting for you for me to see at that point where I thought you were going in this extended conversation with thought leaders and people with innovative and very very unique perspectives on the world um, and if I can honestly say it has blown me away the uh, conversations that you've had uh, I, I never could have expected uh, the level of, and the depth of, of thought that goes behind some of these conversations, Shane. I never would have thought it, but wow, what a journey it's been, we've been on. Yeah, I mean, it really has. And just as you're saying that, you know, I, I'm kind of getting goosebumps because I completely agree. I, you know, I had no idea when we first started out really about this space of sacred change making. And I remember thinking we need to do a podcast because in a way it was my own personal learning journey into this space. And of course, like, uh, you know, in, in a way, when I look back now, I think when we first started, I felt a little bit like a tourist in a, in a, in a country that I didn't really understand because most of my, my career I've spent in, in for-profit businesses. So to come into a space that although we didn't set it up and we haven't set it up yet as a, a not-for-profit, and I'm not even sure if that's the business model it's going to end up being, Sacred Change Makers. But, um, you know, I was very clear from the outset that I it, it was for profit, but it was also for purpose. And, and it's kind of evolved in more of a not-for-profit way. And, and this whole world of getting into this this space of everything from climate change to Black Lives Matter, you know, to social justice and racial equality and, and, and this whole idea of, of kind of creating a, a better world, which was kind of where we started a more regenerative, regenerative approach to our world rather than kind of humans thinking that we, we dominate the planet and we can do whatever we want with no cost whatsoever. I think that I very soon realized there was a lot I didn't know. And, and diving in with the help of <clears throat> some great um, uh, alliances with people like the Pachamama Alliance that have done some great work in this area, you know, and I, I, I've been in on a few of their programs to really dig in deep to, to really raise my own awareness to what's going on. And, and our guests have just, like you said, Nick, they just have blown me away with the work that is, it feels like to me now looking back, is quietly being done. <laughs> because <laughs> some of these people are not in mainstream media. You know, we don't hear about them in the news. What we hear about is all that, you know, the tragedies and the traumas and the, the stuff of life. 
And one of the things that I wanted Sacred Changemakers to do right from the beginning was to start to platform some voices that get easily overlooked by mainstream media. Things that we all need to realize are happening right now in the world and, and how each of us that are listening can play our part, play our role in, in really helping to create a better future for all of us that are on the planet today and for the generations to come. If, if I remember Jane, right at the very beginning, we were talking and we were saying, <clears throat> you know, what can we do? We, we, yeah. we realized there was a much bigger question out there and a small way of tackling it. <laughs> we were saying what can we do because we, we we were already doing some things on a very personal level like recycling and, and composting and stuff like that as our personal contribution to a better world and, and then we were saying you know is there something more than we could that we can do and <clears throat> that was one of our driving forces to extend out and you, you decided to gather together knowledge and gather together people with, with interesting perspectives. So the conversation could be had that then generates more conversations. And, 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 you know, we're going to talk about that a bit later, but oh my word, listening to some of the uh, podcasts, you know, really, really made me think in ways that I would never have thought if it hadn't been for listening to that podcast and that guest and you, mm -hmm. Um, talking to them and, and, and drawing out the elements of the conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting to me because we started this podcast before, before the pandemic hit. And um, in the early days, I think I was just kind of going out into my inner circle and, and bringing guests, people that I know. And then as the kind of year rolled on, I was starting to be uh, approached by other people and other guests and referred to other thought leaders. And I started to go outside of my, my own like inner circle in a way. And that for me was when things got really exciting because yeah. that was when I really started to notice what was going on. You know, and as, as I think about last year, you know, I really feel like we've got an, an amazing opportunity. All of us, everybody listening has got an amazing opportunity to make a real difference, like a, a meaningful difference in our world. And you mentioned there, you know, um, how we were already doing like little bits like recycling and, and composting in our, in our own kind of personal lives and with our, our family members. But one of the things I've realized is that as I dived into this, this world, this space of really understanding where we are now as humans living on this planet and, and kind of some of the damage that we've done, you know, probably for the most part unintentionally, we hadn't realized maybe the impact that we were having. And that's certainly, you know, what I hope is what's happened. I really hope that we haven't done this on purpose. <laughs> um, so I'm going to land on the side that, you know, we, we've got to this space perhaps unwittingly, but there's no doubt right now that all the data, all the research that's happening in so many different areas is showing that, you know, we are in a place now where we need to sit up and take notice. There are things that need to change because the way we've been living life just isn't 
working. Now, it might be working for some humans, you know, a small portion of humanity, but it's, it's really not working for all of humanity. And it's certainly not working for things like the planet and, and for other forms of life that are on this planet. And I think the sooner that we wake up and realize that we need to learn how to live in resonance with other things, kind of the better. Now, what that did for me, and, and, and I, I have seen it in you as well, Nick, is that it actually changed me and you in a, in a way that I don't think I quite anticipated because, you know, now you're more or less completely vegan now with your diet <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm, I'm more or less the same. Um, and it's like after we started looking into the agricultural industry and the food industry and the way all these kind of different industries are contributing, I know I got really a lot more conscious in how I'm like not just living my life, but where am I investing my resources? And, and I don't just mean money here, but I mean my time, my energy, like, and all of that personally for me is, has changed and is changing. And I know you feel that way too. I know that Theodore Roosevelt turned around and said, do what you can with what you have where you are. <clears throat> And I took that as, as a mantra right at the very beginning that I wasn't going to change the world, but I could change my little portion of the world and, and extend out. So um, I'm going to out myself and say that, I mean, I, I am almost now completely vegan. But my my first impetus was I really didn't enjoy eating meat anymore. And then once I stopped kind of eating a lot of meat I, I and then sacred change makers came along. <clears throat> um, I started hearing things, conversations, started watching things on um, documentaries and stuff. And I was suddenly kind of, my eyes were opened wider for just what we were doing to the planet, to animals, to the environment. Um, and it kind of, it's one of those things is when you see it, you can't unsee it. And I'd realized that I'd lived a little bit of an unconscious life of ignoring that aspect of what we were doing because it was more convenient for me to ignore it than it was for me to face the reality of it. And as we've extended through our sacred change maker conversations, I've realized that I personally, I personally couldn't ignore it anymore. I really couldn't. Mm. Um, and, you know, in a number of ways, that's made life kind of harder because you're starting to, see, I'm starting to see stuff where, oh my word, what, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing as a, <laughs> as a, and, 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 you know, you, it's very easy to go into despair. Yes. Because one of the, the easiest things is to turn around and say, there's just me. What can I do? But if all the people that are saying there's only me, there's just me, what can I do? If all those people banded together, then it's not just you on your own. And that was a little bit of a revelation to me. Simple things, but it's, I had to kind of have a little bit of a, on the journey first. <clears throat> so I can honestly say that in one year, I think I've changed more <laughs> in my life. Um, 
Yeah. 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 Cutting think, it meat, cutting I, it eggs, cutting it dairy. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it really has been quite a, yeah, in some ways it feels like a really wild ride in a way. And I, I don't think I've ever done anything professionally uh, that has changed my personal life as much as, as this. And do you remember back at the beginning when I, uh, I, I was, began talking to you about, you know, change makers? And then this were, uh, then I downloaded the, uh, the, the sacred invitation. Yeah. And you and I were kind of sat there going, like, what is this? Like, what are we meant to do with, with this? Like, really? Like, and then that word sacred. Like, I really want to talk about that because when we first started, I was so uncomfortable with that word. It was untrue. <laughs> well, I came from a, a Roman Catholic upbringing and all of the kind of the baggage that came along with the word sacred, it's almost like, I'd, I, and I'm sure you felt it too, in, to some degree, were we allowed to use the word? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, and then we had endless discussions on, uh, what the meaning of, of what we meant by sacred and what possibly other people coming to the conversation would have by sacred. And, and we, de we decided to just claim the word and say, mm. you know, we can use it. It's not, it's not a, a, a word that can only be used by a certain number of people or a certain group of people. It's, it's a word that for us, gave some real import to what we were trying to do yeah I think that's really true and I think what's been interesting for me is talking to guests about things like the word sacred because for me just like you're saying there you know as I kind of lived into the word sacred and kind of almost experimented with it in my life and my business I started to realize that when I hold anything as sacred, whether it's my life, whether it's cooking dinner for the family, whether it's writing an article, you know, for our audience, uh, whether it's creating a coaching package or a program, whatever it is that I find myself doing, I can just do that in an ordinary way. But when I think of it as holding sacred space to do whatever it is I'm doing, it kind of brings um, a really different texture for me, it, it's almost like, um, I don't know, it becomes extraordinary. And I think it's one of the things that as humans, you know, we've, we've lost somewhere along the way is this idea that our very lives are sacred. And for me, when I think about my life as sacred, that, that makes my relationship with it really different it almost changes the lens in which I kind of bring myself into doing anything and and it's really been a special kind of relationship for me that's grown and emerged over the the past year and I expect this will continue to emerge and evolve um, as we go forward I don't, I don't see that word sacred I think it's now a, a critical part a core part of my being Whereas a year ago, it was something that quite honestly, I thought belonged to organized religion and, and didn't really have a, a place in my life. Because although, you know, if, if 
you know, I think about myself and my relationship to religion. I do think of myself as Christian, but, you know, we're not regular churchgoers in any way. So I don't practice. And in many ways, I think I fall more into what's usually termed as spirituality now more, more than anything. And I just find that fascinating that we can kind of reclaim the word sacred from religions and, and then kind of work out what it means for us. Like if I were to hold my life as sacred, then what changes? If I'm to hold my business as sacred, then what changes? And, and then it brings into those bigger questions, a lot of which we've, you know, I've been talking to a lot of guests on the podcast about over the year, which is things like, you know, do we have... A, a deep sense of purpose in our life and do we have a sacred calling and and what happens when we do <laughs> I think most of us live our life unconsciously because I know I did and it's it's uh, that thing of um, unconscious competence mm. I, I can get through my life and I can handle you know problems that come along and, and just deal with life in general be an adult <laughs> um, <clears throat> But it's, it's an unconscious competence. And I remember right at the beginning when we were talking about what could be sacred and we had this conversation of, you know, really everything could be sacred just by the way that you think about it. Mm. Um, but you, you hit it right on the head there. The flavor, the, the timber changes when you mm. say, I'm going to do something in a sacred way because yeah. it focuses you. It's that whole idea of coming into the moment and the consciousness and, and that thing of if my life, if I considered my life to be sacred, what would change? Mm. If I considered my relationship with my, my family to be sacred, what changes? And it's a really, really interesting way of thinking about stuff. Mm. And it's, I mean, one of the biggest changes for me in business, particularly with that word sacred, was this idea that, um, and you know, because we, we've started a number of businesses together over the years. And, um, you know, very often I, you know, I would get some kind of strategy in mind. I would then, you know, step up and lead. We'd talk together and work out what our like technology strategy is and how we're going to move forward. And then, and then we kind of start implementing the plan and, and, and off we go, right? And I'm, I, I, I've very much been in the leadership position to do that. But Sacred Changemakers really turned everything on its head because it's almost like I've, I've turned the definition of leadership like upside down with Sacred Changemakers because I really believe in, in this kind of endeavor that I'm kind of not in that kind of a leadership role yeah yes I'm the main leader here but I feel like I'm listening I'm listening to life I'm listening to our audience and our community members I'm listening to the listeners of the podcast I'm listening to our guests on the podcast and I'm also listening to like the elders and and you know the 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 soul guides that are that are channeling this and almost like the energy that wants to be expressed through sacred change makers is kind of coming through at a, at a soul deep level. And rather than Jane, you know, and you and I sitting down and going, okay, this is our strategy. 
I think it's been much more kind of like, well, where are we going next? Well, let's see what, what's emerging. Let's see where we're headed. Let's see what people want. And it's almost like an incredibly collaborative journey, which we've been on, not just you and I, but bringing in the advisory board as well at an early stage, I found to be really helpful because we were able to have these kind of multiple perspective conversations and our advisory board members came from all over the world, which meant we were having global conversations as well. And I found that really valuable because it meant that it wasn't just a Jane and Nick show. It really is for me about holding the sacred space here for whatever it is that wants to emerge to do so. And to do that in dialogue with our members, our community, our audience, our listeners, and, and I, I believe we're going to continue to do that as we move forward. When we when we first started, we, we did um, like a, we asked questions of people within our community and we said, what is it that frustrates you, um, you know, with with the, the world or your place in the world? What what comes up for you? Where's your, where are you uncomfortable? And people were saying that they didn't believe that they. Um, were doing enough but they didn't know how to do more necessarily and I think that the the podcast episodes have have answered a number of things um, with that type of question but one thing we did set up from the very beginning was the impacts Jane mm. oh yeah and take us through that because if you know when I look back that in many ways for me at the impacts that our community have really supported us in making has, been, has really blown me away, like completely. And I know it has you too. <laughs> I, the, so we, we asked people and we, and we said, you know, what is it about, you know, uh, taking a positive action that, that stops you? And they, and they said, you know, there's so much going on in their lives. It's really hard to, choose any particular group to say you know oh, I want to do something with that group now we um, we set up at, at the physical part of giving with um, with sacred change makers so we any contributions that came in um, and we changed the model a little bit towards the end we joined an organization called B1G1 and they gave us access to thousands of projects that that we could back uh, throughout the world and every month we would go and choose some impacts that um, from this list and and then uh, tell our community about it and in just that one year we with the help of that community we did 35,740 impacts now an impact can be anything from um you know a day's access to clean water or uh, giving grain to farmers in malawi malawi um, vitamins to children education um, all these really really needy uh, projects throughout the world and we, and we were able to to make so such a difference uh, because of 
and membership. Now, the interesting thing was, it, it's a double-edged sword, because I remember it, nearly every single time we'd gone in to pick, in, pick impacts, just feeling so overwhelmed in trying to make a choice between one project and another. I mean, some of this stuff is just like basic clean water. Um, but it's also been one of the most fulfilling things that we've done as a, as a, as a group is yeah. to be able to help so many people. If, if you want to see our, the, the impacts that we've made and you go to the website at sacredchangemakers.com forward slash impact, um, you can see what we've been doing as a community there. And for me, that was just a very physical um, and, and something we could see the results of straight away uh, project that we, we do for Sacred Change Makers. Yeah, and I just want to let you all know that um, clearly our, our impacts are aligned to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which is probably one of the best frameworks we have right now for how the world needs to change for us to live in resonance with the planet and all things. Um, and, and we're going to put into the show notes the direct link for you to go directly to our impact page. And the other thing I want to put in the show notes is um, our link to B1G1. Now, if you are listening here and you have your own business and you're really interested in making your own impact, you know, with your business and kind of putting direct impacts at the center of your business, then I am going to ask you to use our link that we're going to put into the show notes. And the reason is this, it is a partnership link. Now, what that means is we don't get any money. It's not like a JV partnership in that way, but it is in terms of impact because it means that if you use our links then um, as a referral to B1G1, then um, there are projects that are running every month and um, B1G1, as you come in through our referral link, will then attribute or contribute, make a direct impact depending on what the monthly uh, theme is. And I think um, fairly recently they've been um, giving uh, rescuing meals in the US for uh, through the pandemic for families that are struggling financially at this time. I think that's one that's, um, that's up and running at the moment. So where, if you use our link to, to join B1G1, we will actually get uh, more impacts in the world. So that's why my request is there to use the link in the show notes if you're interested. And our partnership, uh, our alliance with B1G1 has been amazing. And I can tell you that coming up in uh, our second year, we do have the founder of B1G1 actually coming onto the podcast. And I can't wait to talk to her. That's going to be really, really exciting. That's <laughs> going to be, I, I mean, you know, it, yeah. uh, to be the CEO of such an amazing company, that's going to be a conversation oh, I stopper. My I word. know. I'm really looking forward to that. I really am. You know, and, you know, and when I think about impacts that you're right, Nick, that is what's made. I mean, in many ways, it's what's made a big difference for me in this business is, you know, and we've run businesses um, for a long time now for purpose and for profit. But this is the first time we've, we've kind of put 
for purpose and the UN SDGs at the core of our business model, which means that we're not just teaching people, you know, and coaching people how to make a more meaningful difference in the world, how to live more in alignment with kind of what's needed, but we're also making a direct impact. We kind of are a solution <laughs> right at the very get-go. And I, I believe this is the future of business. So, um, you know, do take a look at B1G1 because it's really worth you investigating how you might be able to integrate this newly emerging model into your business and so that you and your community and audience and, and customers and clients can make a, a difference because I can't tell you when Nick said you know every month we sit down and we look at the projects that we're going to support coming up it's always kind of heart-wrenching <laughs> to work out what projects we're going to support there's so much need in the world right now and the more of us that can really contribute the better but there's something else that um when you were talking was was kind of really coming up for me and and it's this idea that you know that there are so many problems in the world and and there have been times during this year where I've I've actually felt really quite down and a little bit disappointed and in the words of Brene Brown, maybe even a little bit ashamed of the impact we've had, the damage we've done as humans to the, to the world and the planet. And yet what has been the true shining light for me through all of this has not only been the direct impacts we've made, but the guests on the podcast, because in many ways, they have been the light, if you like, like the beacon of light. These people are doing the most incredible things in our world. And, you know, if I, if I, I, if I look back, one of the things I want to say is the really obvious thing to me is when I think about, you know, if I, in the future, when, you know, 2020 goes down in history, what are we going to remember? Well, one of the things I remember is by just looking at the roundtables <laughs> that we've hosted this last year. If I just look at the titles of our roundtables, it gives a pretty good indication of what we were all experiencing last year because we started off with what the world needs now. And that was a fabulous roundtable uh, right at the very beginning. That was actually pre-pandemic. And then we moved into leading through uncertainty and global change exploring human diversity and social justice, self-care, stress, mental health in turbulent times. Then we moved into coaches as facilitators of the new world, marketing in the new era of business, mourning Ruth Bader Ginsburg and what will be our feminist future and beyond 2020, what does the future hold? So just those, each one of those roundtables was just so profound for me with like so many insights from, you know, a number of different people we had sat around the table discussing these subjects. And for me, they really did help create a narrative of hope, let's put it that way, and a different story than what we see in mainstream media that can really shine a light on what's actually possible for us the opportunities that are emerging at this time for each and every one of us to step up and lead our lives in maybe a more aware way so that we're not contributing to the problem. Yeah. The interesting thing about the roundtables is because there was a, a diversity of guests, you know, and, and 
I think the most we ever had on was was eight. Was it because of the? Um, yeah, the advisory board. Yeah. But, but generally, there's around about three or four on. <clears throat> yeah. Is the way that everyone bounces off each other and builds upon the idea yeah. in that live conversation piece. Um, that was interesting to see how ideas built upon each other and people brought their experiences to those particular questions or conversations. Yeah. yeah. But I am going to ask you, all right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Like, what were the highlights for you? I mean, are there any podcasts that stand out for you, Nick? Yeah, well, I mean, it's. It, I'm going to say it's hard to pick because it was, I mean, nearly, nearly every single podcast made me think but there was some really that made me just stop in my tracks um, and affected me for, you know, days afterwards, I would keep mulling over and I would le re-listen to the podcast, which is unusual. I usually only listen to a podcast once. Um, <clears throat> but number 18, Kate Triona Reed, mm -hmm. Reclaiming yeah. Our Indigenous Soul. Kate Triona really was was the first one to really stop me and, and kind of it was such an interesting conversation and the thing I really appreciated was that she outed herself um, she was very very honest and outed herself because when she was talking about uh, you know doing your peace within the world she turned around and says that, that she realized that she was speaking from you know an element of of um Oh, what's the word? Oh, I can't think of the word. Is is where she a privilege, an element of privilege, where she she you know was in a certain place to be able to talk about stuff, and that honesty in that conversation really kind of shook me. It was big, and then Tom Garcia, fifty four, mm -hmm. uh, kneeling at the fire's edge. Um, yeah. That one was very interesting because again it was there was an indigenous aspect to it and, and, and i'm kind of reading a little bit more and kind of getting more information about indigenous knowledge mm. and how it affects us or how and how it should affect us and, and the wisdom that people had and then i know it's one of your i'm gonna say favorite on oh my word it was such a painful painful <laughs> podcast i know what you're gonna say <laughs> Uh, number 47, Sarah Simmons. Yeah. Oh, my word, was that hard. Standing in the way to protect and defend the next generation, where she was talking about girls being sold into, basically, sex trafficking rings. Yeah. So hard to listen to, but I don't want to shy away from these conversations anymore. I, yeah. I want both sides of the conversation, or more than one side, um, I want to be able to make up my own mind and and it's no good me just walking around thinking everything is brilliant in the world. There are some fantastic things. The world is a very, very beautiful place, but there are also things, some things that I have to be aware of that I just can't ignore. Um, and that, that was the hardest podcast <laughs> to listen to. Definitely. Mm. It's interesting because when you talk about it as hard, my, my first reaction is, yeah, it was, it was, it was challenging for me to ask some of those very direct questions that I did ask Sarah. But what I came away from that podcast, that conversation with, was, was not really the, the shock and horror that all this is, is happening in a, in a very kind of, I'm going to even say acceptable way in some parts of the world, but that 
the hope, the resilience of these girls and the amazing work that Sarah and her not-for-profit foundation is, is doing amongst others that are out there tackling this issue. And to me, that was just so like heartwarming and just really makes me smile knowing that out there, they're doing the hard stuff that most of us are not prepared to do. And, you know, they've, they've sacrificed a lot to do this work. And that for me was just, a, I mean, so inspirational, so amazing yeah. Yeah. That, that this work is going on. So, I mean, I, I've said my three and, and kind of I was, I was being a bit selfish in the sense of the way that it affected me personally. Um, you've got to have some favorites. Well, favorites. <laughs> you've got to have some ones that stand out for you. I was going to say, you can't say favourites because actually that's really, really hard because I've got some really good friends that have been on the podcast and, 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 and people who are doing really valuable work. And so to ask me to choose, Nick, that's really tough. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, there, there, there are, I mean, there's a few that stand out. And so we've already talked about Sarah and, and that conversation for me was, was pivotal, really and really showed me um, that in a way I want to have more guests on like Sarah that are doing the really challenging stuff yeah. in our world. You know, and we also had uh, uh, Indrani Gurdana, who's also dealing with like um, uh, violence, you know, violence in the home and, and, and uh, you know, she's got a mission to really eradicate violence against women and is doing some amazing work in that space. So there's been a lot of conversations where, you know, and I would say they've been around violent parts of, of, of our world, if you like, and, and how we're tackling and dealing with, with uh, people that find themselves, unfortunately, in those situations. And, and what I, I really get is that, you know, these, these problems need to be tackled at all different levels of system. So, you know, there's a systemic way of us dealing with that, but that doesn't mean we should ignore the individual and the fact that each one of us can make a difference. So I just wanted to point that out. But for me, number 12, Sasha, Sasha Allenby. Now, mm -hmm. Sasha's a great friend. She lives in New York and she's been doing the most incredible uh, charity work uh, during the pandemic feeding um, in her neighborhood she's been part of a food kitchen really helping to get food out to underprivileged uh, communities um, just just families just ordinary people that have had their livelihood their ability to make money you know uh, for their family to provide for their family taken away because of the pandemic for many many different reasons and um, she's, she got together with a number of friends and they've been doing the most incredible work. So, you know, number 12 was being a catalyst for change in these uncertain times and talking to Sasha. And this was pretty early on in the pandemic yeah. and they're still going today. Um, and in fact, they've actually had a film made about what they've been doing, which is just so incredible now. But, you know, the way that they really kind of took a stand and moved into action really quickly. And as a consequence, they've made the most profound difference in New York City. And that to me is like the mark of a, a real sacred change maker. So of course, Sasha's a great friend. So we had an amazing conversation about that. And then the other person that stands out for me, 
probably because I didn't know him very well and I didn't know his work and I was introduced to him by another great colleague and who I had a great conversation with Marsha Reynolds um, was number 38 Alan Briskin and, and that conversation was called Revelation Hidden Fields a new way of thinking about social transformation and in that conversation I don't know it felt so deep to me it felt like a very sacred space that we both created together and and it also I mean of course I'm really interested in energy and resonance it's a key part of my work and has been for so many years and the research that Alan's been doing into these these hidden fields and how as humans we create energy fields between us in relationship and and how these fields impact us in so many different ways and and that to me was just like I had so many profound insights just talking to Alan and and hearing about his work and his research that it really moved me in a way that you know I mean, these are the things that I think I live for is, is, is really getting to a new level of understanding, a new depth of understanding about something. So that really, really stood out for me. It really did. And it's interesting because you've been very present on all of the conversations because you facilitated the conversation and, and kind of acted like a little bit of a foil sometimes and and kind of really drew out some really key elements of, of, of what people were thinking in their, their ideas behind stuff. Um, what was that like to be, <laughs> to be sometimes, I mean, I can step back and I can listen to a recording and, and, and just, we do very little edit, editing, very little. It's usually taking out background noise. That's the only thing that we do. So the question, the conversations are in their rawest form and we don't mess about with them. But what's it like being in a conversation in the moment? Because I'm just a very passive listener sometimes. Yeah. And I think if anybody's been uh, listening since the beginning, I think it's clear to say I've grown as an interviewer over the year. <laughs> I think uh, and what I'm going to say is I, I started out um, like with a, kind of a generic list of questions of the kinds of things I thought I might want to ask people and I think in the first few interviews I did I think it was a little bit stilted and a little bit transactional so apologies if you were one of my early guests but very quickly I got into this space and as a coach you know I'm, I'm used to obviously having deep conversations with clients but this wasn't coaching this was interviewing and what happened was there was somewhere, and I'm not even sure where it was, where I made a switch. And it was like I got really grounded in my own role. And I started to trust, and in Alan Briskin's word, the energy field between me and my guest. And what I mean by that is I just went with the flow and just kind of went where the conversation led us. So right now I don't have any questions at all, except for the first question and the last question, which are always generally in the same ballpark. But the middle bit I, is not scripted. It is a truly emergent conversation in the moment. And that for me changed everything because it enabled me to be present with my guest. And it enabled me to be genuinely curious and just really try and kind of 
find out and question not just what they're doing, but why they're doing what they're doing and who they are and who they're becoming and how all these things kind of come in together to create who they're being in the world today and, and how that fits into their vision of life and business and leadership and whatever else. And this whole space is just fascinating. <laughs> and I, I absolutely, I, out of everything I do, these conversations are what, they're like the spark in, in my inner flame in a way. They really catalyze me into different depths of thinking and, and, and they're shaping my life and they're shaping my business in ways that I'm, I'm absolutely sure I'm not even aware of. But I love this idea of emergent conversations. And what's been surprising to me is the way some guests respond to that. Because some guests, I'll interview them and they'll send me a whole load of questions. Like, <laughs> ask me this, ask me that, ask me the other. And I have to write back to them and say, that's not actually what we do on the podcast. And it's not about you pushing your latest book or whatever. And if that comes out in conversation, okay, but I don't want you to share any links. This is not pushy. This is a deep emergent conversation we're going to go with the flow and if you're not okay with that then you're not a good guest for on the podcast and some people have actually declined because they want to feel safe in a structure that they feel I'm going to say expert or like a guru in that they can from their ego spout their knowledge and one of the things now I I aim to do in all my conversations is get to that soul deep space with my guest. How can we get there beneath the surface? How can I ask them things they, they've never been asked before? How can I get them to give voice, give expression to things that they might not have thought about so much? And that's where I like to take the conversations. So Nick, I can tell the time and I can see we're coming to the end of our, our time together here. So I just want to quickly ask you, this is the final question I ask most of my guests and I'm going to ask it of you, which is if there's, if there's anything you'd hoped we'd get to today, anything that you might want to share with our listeners, what might it be? I was kind of a bit worried then because I was thinking <laughs> what you're going to ask me. <laughs> but, um, it's something I've said from the very beginning, and, and it was the, the impetus for the impact. So uh, I've kind of, I'm going to go over that, is that <clears throat> it, it took me a little bit of time to realise that I am able to, to make a difference in the world. And I wish we'd had maybe more time to kind of, for me to, really 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 impress upon people if you just do what you can do it's enough because if everyone could just do what they could do the, the impact would be huge so please don't think that you're in this on your own if you're if you decide to recycle if you decide to compost if you decide to buy less plastic or you decide you know, these small small decisions you know, in your life, cumulatively add up in the end. And if if I could just get more people to embrace the idea of what can you do? Yeah. People say to me, what can I do? And I say, well, what can you do? <laughs> I throw the question right back at them. And, and usually they have no problem at all saying, well, I could do this and I could do that and, and do this. So 
the, the ideas are out there and and if you're stuck for ideas you know listen to some podcasts <laughs> you know <laughs> because some of the guests have had some fantastic ideas but it's just that we are so powerful as individuals it's untrue but some of us believe that we're not quite as powerful so only as powerful as we choose to be <laughs> absolutely. I, don't, I don't think those are my words i don't know who said that but um yeah okay um i just want to say one thing before we finish and just to reiterate a little bit what you just said there nick which is that sacred change makers is our platform and i'm not just talking about me and nick i'm talking about all of you that are listening all of us that are alive in the world today which means you can make a difference. You can shape our future. So, you know, if you're interested in contributing, giving us some feedback, telling us what you'd like to know, what you'd like us to do, how we can support you in that journey towards sacred change making for yourself in your own life. Maybe it's in your leadership. Maybe it's in your business. I don't know what aspect of life is alive and relevant for you right now, but if there's something that's bubbling up, go to sacredchangemakers.com send us an email, let us know, because all of our community members have the ability to shape our future. Like you've heard me say, we're listening. We're listening to you. We're listening to life. We're listening to where the energy wants to take us. So please feel free to come and let us know. And Nick, I just want to thank you. I can't believe this is, apart from some round tables where you've turned up, this is the first conversation you and I have had. Yeah. <laughs> Live. <laughs> I know, I know. So thank you for being with us today. No, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. And thank you so much for listening in. Um, before we go, I just want to remind you that all of the resources and the links for that what we've talked about today will be in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And our growing community of changemakers are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally. And together, we are making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. So if you're interested, I invite you to take a look. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. Together, we can make a meaningful difference. And again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating and listening over the last year as we move into our second year. And thank you for your intentions and your efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love. <laughs>